Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, and uh, this is uh, part six, six of six in our uh, look at Colossians 3, Arnick and Jeremy in studio today. What's up, everybody? Hey, Fellas, uh, looking forward to... Uh, to talking a little bit about Colossians three, so uh, his his everything, right? Yes. It is uh, in the message, which is what we've been reading from the uh, heading on chapter three. Says he is your life, and so we've been talking about this new life, whether it's his identity, his perspective. Uh, this week was his his peace, and so. Uh, this is this series. I've gotten some great feedback on this series, and in fact, Deli Deli gave me some numbers. He said that uh, like tripled people that listen or download podcast mm-hmm. and sermon. Yeah, sermon. Yeah, he said it's like tripled. So we're at six. <laughs> there you go. We've gone from two, two to, to six. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, a lot of folks are uh, listening to it, and that's great. I'm, I'm grateful that a couple more we can be cubed. There you go. That's right. I'm grateful that folks are feeling uh, feeling like it's meaningful, valuable. Yeah, and I really do think that's one of the things that we we long for here is to have Christ formed in us. Uh, so this 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 uh, wrap up to, to today of the series, uh, verse 15. It says, "Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing." Now it goes on, but I really only, I didn't even read the rest of it, right? I only did that part on Sunday. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Do you guys have takeaways from Sunday? Things that uh, you experienced real time or even just thinking through the last few days? Well, we had quite an illustration at the beginning of the sermon, didn't we? <laughs> Had a lot of people ask me about that. So for those of you that weren't able to be there Sunday. And, and for those of you that were, apologies for the awkwardness <laughs> of that moment. I had to lean over and say, Dad, he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> oh, yeah, tell your dad. <laughs> people are so, so uncomfortable. So a lot of people ask me, like, did you know he was going to do that? I said, well, truthfully, I don't think I knew how far he was going to go with that. <laughs> and, like, it did something to my brain. Oh, man. there. So Andy, at the beginning of his sermon, sings a worship song, Good, Good Father, with well, me. Yeah, we sang it together, right? Yeah. You picked the key, and you picked the song, picked kind the of. Key. Yeah, kind we of. We prepped all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I heard you practicing in the office yeah. before. <laughs> I was like, I saw this coming. Even yeah. Lynn asked me, she's like, is that plan? I said, well, I don't think I knew it would go like that. Yeah. And so Andy starts playing out a key. Um, well, I was playing a guitar, and I just, yeah. I just took that G chord up one fret. Yeah. And that's all you have to do to be seriously out of tune. Yeah. Yeah. And started banging on it, man. Yeah. (laughs) And then Brian Stewart came up to me and he's like, Arnick, I thought it was real. He said, and I thought Andy was really getting frustrated and you were just laughing in his face. He he goes, goes, man, Arnick, I can't believe you're laughing at him right now. I can't believe. And people were, people couldn't make eye contact with me. Yeah. People in the front rows, they were like, look, Christina Herring was like looking away. She couldn't make eye contact with me. And then I'm like, fine, if that's what you want to do, then I set my, we'll just sing. And then I sang it three times as fast as you sang it, right? Yeah. Uh, which was so incredibly awkward until I said, fine, we'll just read, 
read the verse, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and in step with each other. <laughs> and then the roaring laughter yeah. was simply a reflection of just how awkward the moment was. <laughs> Great illustration. People were terribly Great uncomfortable, and, and I do apologize for your discomfort, but that was the ruse. Yeah. That was a setup for the joke. Yeah, it was it was uh, definitely discomfort. I had a couple people that were like not sure what was happening and yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there were people that were about ready to get back up and go back to the soundboard and see what they could do to help. And uh yeah. And afterwards oh. I had a couple conversations about and he just talked about that let word and he and so that let was uh was powerful to them also that that I'm have this role in in being in tune. So it was. It spoke to people at different levels, not just the awkwardness of it. Right, because we did the message every week, didn't we? That's yeah. the version that we did. Yeah. If you look at other versions, right after that in verse 15, it says something to the tune of in each one that we're called to live peaceably and in basically in harmony with one another. And that impacted me greatly, as has really the whole series just impacted me in terms of living, not from a place of checking the boxes, but just from a place of, man, the abundant life that God really has for us and that he knows and understands what's best for us. And if we ever <laughs> stop focusing on what we do wrong and start focusing on what he wants us to do and what he has for us in his life, because you said it's Sunday, and we re reiterated all the time. We had a small discovery group with some of the people that are coming on board to do worship with us and serve with us. And we say it all the time that salvation and freedom are not the same thing. And then to live a redeemed life, those things are different obstacles, and they require uh, salvation just re requires God's grace, but those things do require of us a yes and a trust that God knows what's best for us. So I picked a lot of that up from the sermon. I think a lot of people did. And just the last, these last six weeks have been wonderful. Great yeah. to just break down one scripture. It's hard to believe that's literally just yeah, just one passage, right? verses, eighteen verses. Yeah, the idea of letting. And really, interestingly enough, um, you know, let the peace of Christ keep you. We have to allow it. Yeah. We have to actually allow his peace, which one of the initial points that I made was that um, peace is a fallout of righteousness. Mm -hmm. The fact that I know there's nothing between God and I, not even a shadow of something between us, right? Yeah. And when I know that's the level of the relationship and that's the what righteousness would be innocence, then I can just be at peace. I don't have to be edgy. I don't have to wonder about the relationship. Uh, you know, what, what, what are we, what's the status of our relationship? I just know. And from that is an ease. And I think I referenced the amplified Bible, which I don't have in front of me, but what it basically said was, uh, that, that peace and that ease as a person that walks with God continually, like walks continually, walks daily, with him, that kind of a thing. It's just a, it's just your pal that you you know you walk the mall with. You walk the two miles at the mall, you know, or whatever you do, or in the neighborhood, and you just walk that journey with them. And uh, there's no pretense. There's no tension, no anxiety. 
you just know where each other come from. And uh, I heard years ago uh, for leadership, it, it encouraged us to be, uh, an article I was reading encouraged you to be an old hat, old shoe kind of guy. And I captured that. I actually printed it out and put it on a cork board back in the day, you know. Uh, I thought I want to be that kind of person, just an old hat, old shoe kind of person. It's comfortable. Uh, you can be comfortable. Others can be comfortable. It's different than the the check-in mentality or posturing that we can take with the Lord where I need to check in with you on a you know, on a daily basis and I do my, you know, my daily check-in with you, but the rest of the time I'm doing my own thing rather than, no, we're just doing this together. And I don't have to, I don't have to make effort to check in with you because I'm walking, you know, we don't, we don't have to make a, we don't have to schedule a meeting to have that check-in because we're working alongside each other and thinking and walking and and talking and and so it's no surprise when a need comes up. I don't need to I don't need to put that away and process it later with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I should process that, you know, walk in the garden and we process life the whole time, not just like, yeah. hey, let me tell you what happened yesterday yeah. and let me tell you what I'm worried about for tomorrow. Those things that sure takes it sure takes the pressure off of the conversation. Well I think it it uh defines or redefines the relationship mm-hmm. like what it is am i calling in let's a check-in yeah uh, i think of uh folks with uh probation and substance use involved in their in their uh their felony charge you know they call in and every day they call in every day mm-hmm. they call a number every day yep. do i screen today <laughs> right <laughs> and you have to call in every day and that's the extent of the relationship it's a yes or no and they respond and then that's it and until tomorrow, and then they'll call again tomorrow. And you have to you have to call in between eight and eleven, right? I mean that's and and I think to your point, some of this prayer t- time, sometimes it can feel that way. I don't I want it to ever be that way, right? Just uh, walking with him, and it's easy. And I just, I mean, you know, we all have relatives. Maybe it was your grandma, maybe it was your parents, a, a favorite auntie or something. You know, when you were with a man, you didn't wonder if they loved you. You didn't wonder if they adored who you are and you just you, you know, and you're, you could frustrate your parents and you could frustrate other, but this particular grandma or uncle, whoever, you know, they're just. Shout out to grandma C. I'm just thinking about how many times she saved my butt. That's what it's well, like, you know, yeah. and had perspective and hey, it's all right and work out, you know, and not quite wrapped around the axle quite as tightly as our parents might have been or, right. you know. Those people, that's one of the cool parts of grandparenting probably is, you know, you just get to enjoy being with them, right? And uh, the the Lord and that walk and just and recognizing that I can have peace in that relationship. Right. And I think that it's not just an incentive for our relationship with God, but I think it's what he desires for us in all of our relationships that we can have that kind of peace with each other. With each other. I mean, believe it or not, we, okay, so we put together a joke Sunday that we knew it would, we knew it would be easy for us and we could prepare it right before the service on the fly. Why? Because we already have a relationship where we walk together. 
if we get on stage and we try to do something that we don't do behind the scenes, it doesn't work. I always think back to when, do you remember when all four, like, it was myself, you, and Jeremy, we were sitting on the stage. And we the, sat on the stage. In the, yeah. Oh, my God. People, I, like, I had so many people come to me and say, I don't know if I could have prepared for that in the countless hours. <laughs> like, the countless That's hours. That's funny. It was like <laughs> two minutes we were like, we're going we're to We're talking finish. about this stuff. <laughs> we'll talk about this and yeah. whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But that's because the relationship is already That's because the countless hours were already put in. Period. Yeah. Period. My grandmother never stood outside. Uh, speaking of grandmothers, she had 10 grandchildren amongst her kids. And she never came out with a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and, a, and a chalkboard and wrote down, this is the activities for today. It was just a beautiful chaos because we already had a relationship. And uh, sometimes you don't feel safe to let that anxiety go. And thank God for Christ who gives us an incentive and an environment and a type of love that's contagious. That allows us well, to you use the term anxiety, yeah, right, which is also the, the connection of let and keep, mm-hmm. right? So be anxious for nothing and everything with prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Let let those requests be known, and then the peace of God will keep your, your heart and mind, yeah, keep us, our thoughts, our feelings, keep those. And it's the allowance, and then what the Lord does, and when we give Him our anxieties, we give him the issues, we give him the things. But it's not just, one of the things that struck me on Sunday was the power of thanksgiving and actually the power of prayer to not inform him or remind him, but to remind us. Yeah. When I'm when I'm walking through these things I need, I'm reminding myself. And especially when I'm grateful for moves of God in my life, moments of intersection that I know to be true. Yeah, you're the first one that needs to hear the gospel every day, and that and they're and the details of that story can take such different. They can paint such different pictures, but they all are uh, a creative a creative expression of what Jesus has done to be available to us to have that kind of relationship. And in the how to read the Bible class, one of the things that how TJ says that in the as he's teaching people to look at scripture is the meta he he uses the phrase meta narrative of the scripture which is what I would say is the gospel and how we say it around here is Jesus is the way Jesus and everything is else is a conversation and and to remind us Jesus is the way I'm going to tell myself the gospel I'm going to remember the meta narrative uh, and let that inform everything else it, it informs the the more awkward passages in the scripture that i'm in this walking relationship with with jesus that is life-giving and and freeing and i have a role in it and that role brings life to me also and it, as that informs those other things it it takes it simultaneously takes the pressure off and brings freedom and responsibility that's good, yeah, because it, it's a way of saying, okay, I may not know what this means, but I know it doesn't mean that. <laughs> it's the overarching narrative of God's love and his peace, it has to be more significant to us than just the letter 
of what we're reading. People have a hard time with that, though. Yeah, and it, I've struggled with it. They have it. a hard time yeah. with the fact, and, and I, I found it to become a comfortable place. But you're like, I don't, I don't know what it means, but it's not that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that. And, and, and what the Scripture says and what the Scripture doesn't say. That's right. Like it doesn't say it's not that thing. Okay, yeah. so we can knock that away. That's right. And then give space for God to move. I'm thinking about the fact that when we are able to live in peace, the counter here is go off and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety that we feel when we go off and do our own thing, yeah. which is counter peace, right? Anxiety counter to peace. And so I'm, I, something's not happening the way I think it should. Something's not playing out like the way, the way I, I think it should. The, the story that I often reference is the, the dichotomy of John the Baptist on the banks of the Jordan Behold the, hollering, Jesus yeah. is the one. Yeah. And then fast forward just a few months, right? Yeah. We're not talking 20 years later. <laughs> a few months Don't later. And instead of <laughs> on the banks of the Jordan proclaiming, yeah. he's in, he's knee deep in feces in a jail somewhere saying, are you the one? Yeah. And in those moments, uh, I think that story is often right at the, it's just at the ready for me because I, I recognize my propensity to be, in that space, yeah, right? Where absolutely. this isn't working out the way I thought. This isn't what I signed up for. It's very interesting in marriages. I studied this quite a few years ago, uh, so I don't have any current demographics. But when years ago, at like year between year two and year four in a marriage, spike in divorces. Uh, and I, I look at that that like that's not rocket science, right? Right. Two years in, and then kids show up and diapers. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> and somebody's like these sleepless nights and this whole thing. And, you know, frankly, we're not as intimate as we used to be. And we got all these other demands and money is tight and I can't sleep and I love the baby, but I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. 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 And so I think that can be true in, in any relationship. But the idea that when I can see something, how was it written? It said, uh, none of this going off and doing your own thing. Right. And when you say any relationship, I don't hear any romantic relationship. Any relationship. Oh, any relationship. Yeah, yeah any any like an employer employee yeah. relationship. We just uh, think I didn't I didn't sign up I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And what has to happen in the God relationship is this transcendent trust in Him. And when I don't have that, I don't have peace. Yeah. I am anxious. Right. I'm not sure that pilot can land this plane. I don't have any confidence in that, or this is this is a little bumpier than I thought. Whatever, like this walk with God—that's not what I thought it would be. Yeah, the trust, the and the trust thing. I think for me at one point was, and maybe it's probably still something that I struggle with. That I don't trust that I will have access to you unless that. Um, yeah, speak to that a bit. That. The, these are the check boxes I need to hit on a regular basis, or I'm going to lose my access to walk with the Lord, and my um, my peace and my relationship with Him, my that that there were check boxes that I needed to hit. I needed to make the right decisions. I needed to make the right choices in career and in movement and in relationships and if I don't make if I don't hit those check boxes 
then my access to the relationship with the Lord is going to be in jeopardy. That's that's so important. important. Yeah, and so in that journey, what's... That sounds like you're you're trying to hit your quarterly sales numbers. Yeah. Right? If I don't hit the quarterly numbers, targets... Then I'm done. And... um, then I, I lose access. Yeah. So part of part of that, what's interesting about that is that was not necessarily a right way to think. But hitting those check boxes or those activities that I felt were hitting check boxes were life, or not maybe not life giving, but they were they put in me the things that were. Sure. Helpful later, yeah. but but at some point in a conversation with the Lord, He was like, "You, you're not gonna choose something that breaks my relationship with you, right? Because yeah. you have a relationship with me, and fact? I'm not that fickle. And so, right. what the choices that you make, you anything that you're gonna choose, you're that I, you're gonna walk with me, and so." Make your choice. It's yeah. okay. The falsehood of all of yeah. it is that the expectations, and I think I always say, and we always say, well, we come from a culture of church. I don't know too many cultures, not just of Christianity, but just religion, period, where the idea is not that whatever your idea of God is, it's expectations that drives the intensity of the relationship. And I just, you know, I think it's so important what you said to speak that out and say that is false. It's like what we just said. We know it's not that. God's expectations of us are not what drives his love for us. And if you get into that kind of thinking, it's the kind of things that can make you fear and and, and, and have a traumatic look at success itself. It's the kind of thing to make you say, oh, my God, what if I apprehend or I become this or God's got this call on my life? A lot of people fear the success of those things because they don't want to deal with the trauma of not being able to live up to those expectations when if we're feeding them that the basic relationship with Christ is about, oh, meet this, check this box, meet this expectation, who wants to succeed? And it, it kind of creates this this Jonah complex where people are pessimistic in their viewpoint of what happens next yeah. in God because they don't want to be pigeonholed into this relationship that they didn't want or they didn't expect. That's exactly what happened to Jonah. God, All God said to Jonah was, hey, man, I've got something for you to say. Mm-hmm. Can you just go say it? And then Jonah, I, I was reading this recently, yeah. Jonah came up with... Oh, God sent a storm. God (laughs) sent a storm because of me. I was laughing with my sons because we were studying this at home. And I said, I want you to read. Find me where it ever says in the scripture that Jonah needed to dive off that boat. But he had all these complexes. And and then he's mad at God at the end because it didn't turn out how he expected and so when we when we think that God has all these expectations of us, and that's well, what drives he, us he, love. So interestingly, I'll just take that and run with it a little bit. He yeah. he said, you know, you're going to forgive all these people, and I'm going to look foolish. Right. So in some regard, it it did play out the way he 
thought it would. However, it's not the way he wanted it to. Right. He wanted them to be cinders, <laughs> crispy, yeah. smoldering. Get them, Jesus. Cinders. Them, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that's a great example of just. Uh, and I, I mentioned Judas on Sunday. When when you see that Jesus is doing something a particular way, and you're like, oh no 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 no, this is not going to be the way the kingdom is brought about. I thought it was you. It's not. We're done with you. Right. And okay. he, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever level that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, man, I, I put my ladder on the wrong building, and so get get him out of here. He's not he's not going to do it. That's rough. That's a rough spot. Yeah. And it it what has to happen? It's almost like this, the synergy of several things where, you trust him, you walk with him, you trust his way, how he brought you to the kingdom, right, and don't. Don't lose sight of that. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it very similar to? It's very similar to my experiences of uh, my relationship with Melinda, where, and we I think we talked about this maybe well last week or a couple weeks ago, where you in the beginning, I mean, it's eating ramen noodles and whatever, man. Just we're together and. That's all I live for is to see you at the end of the day. Like, yay. Yeah. And, you know, we're in our little apartment and we're so happy. And we had an apartment where I could see the guy. I were on the third floor. <laughs> I could see the guy on the second floor. You got to explain that. And I could see him moving through the floor. Like, it was an old, it was an old, like, three-story. We were in the attic of um, – <laughs> An old Victorian home in Newport and Rhode Island, like so this old. Cracks. Oh yeah, 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 plank plank floors. I could see the old boy, oh, like his shoulder and one little strip moving. So I smelled what he cooked. I like you know, nothing. But you probably tasted what he cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah that like I'd go to work the next day. Like, did you have this? No, no, my neighbor did. Please do not fry <laughs> fish tonight. Yeah. So, but that was those are some of those beautiful days ever. Yeah. Now then, 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 you get into the business of life. And the expectations yeah. of what we need and what we're supposed to have and what we're supposed to do. And and then, frankly, that can just like the thorns on that uh, ground, you know, the, the thorny ground can choke out all that other stuff. And so we have these expectations, whereas in the beginning, we're just thankful that Jesus reached out to us and loves us. And somewhere in there, love takes a backseat to position or calling or the will of God mm-hmm. or what that what that has to look like or, or manifest to become rather than he loves me I love him yay yeah right mm-hmm. and then somewhere in there we we struggle I mean I, I'm sure we've all done it to some degree you struggle with man I hope I don't miss the will of God or I hope I if I you know gotta find the will of God and and if I don't well if you don't what and he knows everything. I mean, what, not, what, what do you think he's going to sit back there in a lawn chair? He's like, well, sorry, son, you were so close. Yeah. You're not informing him anyway. He knows everything about you. So when he sends you and he says, hey, I have this trust in you, yeah. he knows. I have one of the – Where you fall short. You I know. heard this story, oh, my goodness, 25 years ago probably. And it was a uh, just an absolute icon in the church world that I grew up in. A uh, guy was from Texas. Actually, grew up with Melinda's dad, uh, my father-in-law, and so uh, this fella, brilliant Mensa kind of guy, right? Uh, 
And he told this story once years ago. He said he's in Texas and uh, uh, he's he's praying about where he's supposed to go. He knows he knows something's happening. There's a move coming in some kind of way, and he's praying. And Atlanta's on his radar, and like West Texas, little town Odessa, Texas is on his radar. And he's just struggling between the two and which one to do and which one to go to. And, and praying and praying and praying and struggling. You know, you get it. Fasting, praying, seeking God, struggling. And he said one night he left the church. It was after midnight. And he had like a two-block walk to his house. So, you know, the old school porch of the church, right? Walks out, locks the door, walking across the church parking lot area. And, and he says the Lord just drops this on him, speaks to him. And he says, just pick one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bless you wherever you go. Right. And that guy told me that story when I was in my early 30s. And clearly I have not forgotten that story. And I think about that often. And, uh, and what does that say? Like, I, hey, I'll bless you wherever you go. <laughs> right? I love you. Right? We'll do a work for God here. But we get so wrapped yeah. around the axle about when does it need to be and where and which thing. And uh, rather than, and, and I, think, I think rather than just enjoying the relationship, and I think all those pressures, which I'll use a different word, anxieties, mm-hmm. I'll use a different phrase, lack of peace, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> all that stuff just sucks the life well, that's, out of our relationship. Right, that, and that's what 16 and 17 of that chapter say, right? They let the let the word of Christ dwell in you. Cultivate richly. thankfulness and let yeah. the word of Christ. Yeah, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, thanksgiving in your hearts. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father through Him. Every I mean, step. I mean that, every step of the way. It says. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many people are waking up in the morning? Just Monday morning. No lie. I woke up and <laughs> my life. At about 5 a.m. on Monday morning when I'm dropping my wife at the hospital, I found out that apparently my life had decided to sing Good Good Father with a guitar player playing out a key. That's what it felt like. That same, I knew what you were going to do on Sunday. But it still kind of gave me a little bit of anxiety when he did it. And I started laughing hysterically because I couldn't believe it was bothering me so bad every time you would hit it. The plan was for me to keep singing and I couldn't do it. Well, Monday morning, I get a text, one of those, you know, little, you're the leader and I'm just hit you with it text. And it really threatened to change my whole day. And I'm, I know I'm, I'm not going to be able to go back to bed, I'm, I'm in it now, I've got a lot to do, and literally I'm driving down 3rd Street, and it's the same thing, it's like the guitar strumming out a key, and I thought back to everything that had been preached over these last few weeks, and I said out loud, I, I rarely talk to myself out loud in the car anymore, I said, Arnick, I hit the overpass about where Jeremy Lucas's photo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Arnick, you gotta try to employ something you hear in the pulpit. And I said to myself, you can do this. This is not what your day is gonna be about. Just don't let it shape your day. Don't become anxious. Just be at peace. And I turned on some music and I, and I just watched it just roll away. There's so many times and so many points for all of us, and no matter what we do, 
where I, I think it's safe to say and okay to say the enemy has a part to play in that. But then just our own personal anxiety. We'll try to arrest our day and our relationship and the experience that God has for us. You can really employ these things that we've heard. His peace, his perspective. I'm not going to try to name all of them because I don't have my hair anymore. But, <laughs> but all those things that have been preached, we can employ this and live an abundant life through that and kill the anxiety in our lives. I believe that. Well, how about you pray us out? Yeah, yeah. Pray that over folks, right? The idea of making those connections, overcoming. Yeah. God, we just thank you. Thank you for your word and what it says to us and what it says for us, what it is for us. And we're just asking that your peace rests over our lives and help us to see clearly that that's what you desire for us. That's, that's the mark that we live in peace, that we live a life that's full and abundant and in the times where we can't see that or we don't feel that or external things try to come and weigh in on us help us to know that we are entitled because of you to your peace that is part of knowing you that's our right as your children to be at peace and to live peaceably so we speak peace over everyone that's listening and we pray your blessing over them, your grace. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us on this journey and conversations. We appreciate that you're here, and uh, we appreciate we get to walk with you. And we appreciate that you find it uh, meaningful enough to share, share part of your day, part of your life with us. So uh, blessings as we move into uh, Palm Sunday and and Easter, and then a baptism Sunday coming up here at Christ. We're excited about the next several several weekends. Uh, but thanks again for uh, making this journey with us. And until next time, blessings, grace, and peace.